coming up. I hereby unclench my grip on all the old thought patterns that are getting in my way. I surrender any ideas that make me feel like a victim of circumstance. Those are so much better. Our knowledge is a lot better than it's ever been. Um, So you're right. There are ways to treat it, whether even if it's jaw surgery, it's much easier now or less invasive stuff, or maybe even myofunctional therapy itself for a mile. The older you get, the soft tissues relax more, people get heavier, and they start to feel the effects of the poor airway. And then people get high blood pressure risk for stroke, a lot of you know, metabolics and diseases, a lot of it through the evolution of practice and patient experience um, and seeing results that now I feel like I have a much better understanding uh, about TMJ and the rule. And I actually think, and look mm-hmm. at that line, This there's a line in the background that kind of is where I want it to be for this demonstration, right oh, on the yeah. soft tissue. And you could see his upper lip comes to it, but his upper... want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through the 12th, 2023. It will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you, give you a chance to rest, relax, and network with others in our Munch Bunch family. We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. It's Kimi Nishimoto and Megan Benoy. Hello. And today we have Dr. David Alfie. He is an, or, uh, an oral surgeon in Houston, Texas. Dr. Alfie, can you give us a brief little spiel about you before we jump into our affirmator for the week? Sure. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I went to USC for undergrad. And then I spent uh, 10 years in New York City. I did all my training at Columbia University and had a wonderful experience there passion and strength that the program was orthognathic surgery and that's where I fell in love with it and I knew that was my calling and it brought me here to Houston, Texas, the largest medical center in the country, really an amazing place uh, to collaborate with a lot of talented providers like we talked about before Uh, but also was the birthplace for virtual surgical planning in jaw surgery and something that at the right place at the right time Uh, I came into that and learned it well, and then was able to dive into, you know, further technologies like custom uh, orthognathic surgeries and custom titanium plates where I was just fortunate to be around it, uh, experience it and develop protocols for it, which uh, we're enjoying now. But we're here in Houston, Texas. I have a practice for full scope oral maxillofacial surgery, but my passion and primary focus of practice is jaw surgery, orthognathic surgery, with a focus on airway. Woo, we need more people like that in the world. Yes, I know. Yeah. Where are you guys at on your cloning? Um, are you able to clone yourselves yet? What's the deal with that? <laughs> that would be nice. There's not enough time in the day. For sure. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, you know, soon enough, right? So and I do know you mentor a lot of a lot of surgeons as well. 
um, yes. until we got to be introduced to you um, from one of your mentees patients. So yes. we're so grateful to have you. And we are going to give you the official honor of picking our affirmator for the week. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little fancy shuffle and you're going to tell me when to stop to help us figure out what our intention is for this week. So ready, set, Let's tell me when it. to stop. That's the one right there. This is it. Okay. This is the one. Possibility. Ooh, which is also Perfect. really nice. That's also really good. Okay. So um, the that's really cute. The little banner on it. It says, be free, chickadee. <laughs> um, so possibility. Hear ye, hear ye. I hereby unclench my grip on all the old thought patterns that are getting in my way. I surrender any ideas that make me feel like a victim of circumstance or make my ideal relationship job or whatever seem like an impossibility. I am now the mayor of reinvention and issue the following decree. Limiting beliefs about myself and my life are henceforth forthwith officially and indubitably declared for the birds. Henceforth, everything is possible. Which I love. And I actually think that's so great for like your patients, right? Like how many of your patients have come to you because like they're kind of at the end of their road yeah so many i mean i think it's perfect and, yeah uh, definitely a blessing to be able to to offer something to help yeah um so because everything is possible um tell us more about why patients come to find you like how do they end up finding you how do they end up in your office what's a lot of the driving force behind your patient population yeah, appreciate it. I get that question a lot. Um, I've been here in Houston, you know, focusing on orthognathic surgery for a little over a decade now. And it, it was my passion from day one. So for me, um, my practice uh, of the art has, has transformed a lot since my training. And uh, I've over the years been able to treat a lot of patients with malocclusions and jaw deformities. And really over the last five years, I would say, has the focus really shifted into airway. And I think, uh, you know, looking back at it, for me, being early in the space, believe it or not, uh, but I think it was just a matter of treating people that, you know, recognizing that they had bad airways, treating them and seeing such wonderful things happen uh, to them and acknowledging that this was something special. And I've never looked back. And, and now my practice is, you know, every patient that comes in here, I believe, is an airway patient. And uh, I, I truly see that now. And it's one of those things I'm glad we're talking about it because it's one of those things once you see it, you cannot see it. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, I think just being early in the space, having developed a lot of protocols for treating patients with bad airways and recognizing that most jaw deformities have an underlying airway issue has been a large part of the growth of my practice but i get patients obviously locally from a lot of orthodontists physicians dentists uh, but also nationally and internationally either through referrals or even social media and uh, support groups mm. yeah do you do much with uh people with severe tmj like if they need jaw joint replacements um because years ago i remember when i 
before I learned Mayo, um, I would ask the dentist I would work for, like, what do you do with patients with TMJ? Because like, we're giving them these night guards, and it's not always helping. Like, what do we do for them? And they're like, well, TMJ specialists are really rare. And it they're yeah. really, it's almost uh, unheard of to find someone who can do jaw joint replacement for a TMJ. So we just don't even do anything. And I I remember always thinking that was kind of a dumb answer and I wanted totally. something more. <laughs> um, is that possible? Yeah. yeah, I have a great answer for you. This is something I think about a lot. And also uh, one of those things that through the evolution of practice and patient experience um, and seeing results that now I feel like I have a much better understanding uh, about TMJ and the rule. And I actually think my functional therapist like yourself uh, also have a better understanding of the jaw joints and what needs to be done compared to what we know in science and what I've learned even in an Ivy League institution or whatever what the textbooks say. So I'm glad we're talking about it because it's an interesting subject for me. Um, I think that TMJ is poorly misunderstood. The way that I like to break it down is really acute disease uh, versus chronic and also, um, uh, primary disease versus second. And what I mean by that is if there's a primary disease, like an autoimmune condition that's breaking down the joint or a tumor that's affecting the joint, those are primary joint problems that need to be addressed. If it's a tumor, for example, those need to be removed and a jaw joint replacement should be considered. These things are rare. The other one that we see still rare, but more often are the autoimmune conditions like a juvenile rheumatoid arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, um, a systemic issue where the body's attacking the joint, also rare. Those need to be diagnosed and then treated with a rheumatologist with medicine. They don't need to have joint replacement. Everybody else also does not need to have joint replacement unless they're completely fused, which is usually iatrogenic or through trauma or some kind of disease. So the question, really what you're asking, these people that have bad airways, bad joints, uh, uh, bad, bad jaw uh, occlusion, these patients are the ones that have TMJ disease. They fall in the 95% or more. And I think that we got it wrong when they, we say that they should get jaw joint replacements and orthognathics or and or orthognathics. I think that most of these patients, and I've seen this with my experience, if it's not a primary disease, so if it's not a tumor like we talked about or an uh, inflammatory condition that needs medicine to stabilize first, these are usually airway and bad bites that once we address the airway and we address the bad bite and we get a myofunctional therapist on board to help through that, that those joints do a lot better and they don't need replacement ever. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Also, thanks for, and thanks for the myo plug. <laughs> no, for sure. And it's something that like through evolution, if you asked me this two years ago, I wouldn't have plugged it, but yeah. these are things that we're seeing through experience. And I've had this because I've had a lot of patients come for second opinions, third opinions, and a lot of them have had surgeons say that they recommended total joint replacement, right? Metal joint replacement, plus or minus jaw surgery. 
And in all these patients, because I'm focusing on airway through my experience, they have bad airways. I get a sleep study. We diagnose them with a severe OSA. Their joints otherwise are functioning joints. They can open their mouth. Um, so, and they don't have a primary disease. So in my mind, it made no sense ever to replace a functioning joint when in reality, their primary disease was an airway and a bad jaw. So in those experiences early on, I was doing jaw surgery, bringing their airways open and all of their joints improved where their chief complaint was pain, instability, you know, trouble, discomfort, all that disappeared so that they can open, they were out of pain. And really I was just fixing the problem, which was a bad bite and an airway and they never had to have joint replacements. And once I saw that experience, I've been seeing that, I've been treating it that way. And every patient that I've seen that have had airway problems, they've been able to avoid a total joint replacement. So they've had a less invasive procedure. Now we can do jaw surgery or I can do jaw surgery in an hour, hour and a half. So wow. all through wow. the mouth, no, yeah, no skin incisions. Uh, one night in the hospital, no risk to the facial nerve. You don't have to put something metal and replace a joint that's already functioning. So my philosophies on joint are going to be completely different than almost anybody you ask out there. But that's just really based on this unique experience, time and place of things I've treated. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful for the patients too, because I had a patient who had the tumor in one side of the condyle and then severe resorption in the other. So her face was getting more and more crooked because one mm-hmm. side was growing and one side was resorbing. So she right. must have been in that category of like that was the primary issue. Um, right. But I felt bad for her because she had to pay the extra difference for the custom joint that was like fitted for her specifically. And she's like, well, why wouldn't I do that? I want something that's going to fit my body. I can't just do a one size fit all joint. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm all about custom workflows uh, in that indication and certainly in in jaw reconstructions. I I have to agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's face is different. So um, I thought, you know, it's like when you said, you know, once you can once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like, I feel like that's just like the motto of anybody who's in this space, right? Like I've Very also, true. I've been in this world for about a decade as well. And yep. like, it's, that is like so contagious. Like, and you, you know, you start thinking, does everybody have this issue? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, you know, more and more, I'm like, mm, at least I'm varying degree. Right. And so, yeah. you know, how many patients end up, like in your chair? I mean, how often are like our jaw surgeries necessary? How often are you seeing patients? Because in our space, in our world, and what kind of we're taught is that's kind of the more extreme side of things. But what I'm learning more and more now is if we can less invasively improve the airway, maybe it's not such an extreme, like extreme option. For sure. I mean, technology and protocols are so much better. Our knowledge is a lot better than it's ever been. Um, so you're right. There are ways to treat it, whether even if it's jaw surgery, it's much easier now or less invasive stuff or maybe even myofunctional therapy itself for mild cases. There's definitely avenues. Now, when I see a patient, almost everybody that ends up in my practice, they may know they have an issue, whether it's they don't they may not know they have an airway issue but the fact that they have an underbite or an overbite one jaw is affected and that means the tongue is affected 
Um, so almost invariably, those patients all have airway disease. And I always get a sleep study in them. And I would say, you know, I should study this, but I would say 90% or more have a positive sleep study. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very prevalent in my practice. And I don't think that that's unique to my practice. I think there's definitely a bias being a specialty practice where people with jaw problems come. Certainly there's a bias, but I think as you, you would probably see in your practices that it's more a product of our generation and times, whether it was, you know, orthodontic modalities or, or dental modalities where we were taking teeth out with crowding, or it's the diet, um, that we developed on, uh, in this day and age, whatever it is, there are conditions that I think a lot of the population is suffering from airway issues and it's way more prevalent, uh, that we originally thought, you know, when I was in school, we thought about OSA as a 60 year old obese male, the mm-hmm. Pickwickian profile. Right. But that, that's not true. You know, there's, there are a lot of patients that are 18 year old and female and 95 pounds that have airway disease. Mm-hmm. And you see that too. So I think there's a lot of misinformation and, uh, and just miss not misinformation, just a poor understanding, even in, in our days of education. And what's cool is that we're unraveling it now and you guys are ahead of the game and it's fun to talk about it because it's so powerful. And I think a lot of modern medicine, you know, medications and pills and things, bad procedures that are done to fix a lot of chronic illnesses are probably a lot of airway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about what you were saying about the under by the over by. So mm-hmm. the, for our patients or not our patients, our listeners who aren't watching the recording um, and overbite would be like the tucked back chin, the kind of retruded chin. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. we think of that as it's a cosmetic thing. You want to have that like big, broad chin or like a square jawline, but it's Mm -hmm. more than just cosmetic. Um, It means that your lower jaw is attached to your tongue and that has to be retruded back into your airway. But what's the most common thing that people do if they have that? They get liposuction underneath Mm -hmm. the chin or they get a chin implant to make their chin look bigger. Right. And they're not addressing the real problem. And then these patients get sick. And the older you get, the soft tissues relax more, people get heavier, and they start to feel the effects of the poor airway. And then people get high blood pressure risk for stroke, a lot of, you know, metabolic diseases, a lot of chronic inflammation, so many things are affected with the airway. And you're right, they're masking it inappropriately or not addressing the real mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, too, it's not just the chin implants, the liposuction, and all these other uh, minor things, but rhinoplasties even. And I, yes. I talk about this often. Most noses are normal. They just inappropriate compared to the inappropriate, uh, inappropriate jaw sizes. So for mm-hmm. example, if the jaws are small, the nose is going to look inappropriately large. And I go back and now I'm realizing this. One of those things, again, you see it, you can't unsee it. And I challenge everybody. I say this, go and look at rhinoplasty before and afters. I know my plastic surgeon colleagues are not going to like me saying it, but most of those have, you can diagnose if you look at their profiles on those before and afters, they have jaw deformities. They have Mm -hmm. maxillary and mandibular or, or maxillary or mandibular hypoplasia, small upper or lower jaws or both in almost all the rhinoplasty patients, very few exceptions. 
So what they're doing is instead of addressing the jaw, which will make the nose look beautiful and appropriate and the airway better, they're making the nose look smaller, but then they're not addressing the inappropriate jaws and these patients are not going to get the benefits of a healthy airway. Mm -hmm. And for people that don't know, a rhinoplasty is a nose job. So oftentimes you see people get nose jobs that have the big hook or the big mm-hmm. bump on the nose. Bump. Mm-hmm. We want to introduce this spot for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages two to five for mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue tie healing protocols. And then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene and Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, the course is two ninety seven, and the link will be in the description. Now, for when you're looking at the profile, like what are you looking for? Is it like the retruded chin, or is it the more flat cheekbones? Like, what do you see with your oral surgeon eyes? Yeah, definitely, I see both of those. So, one, a couple things that you know, it's an untrained eye that can make it easy start with the teeth. If there's crowding in the teeth and the teeth are normal size, that means the jaws are too small because the jaws should be big enough to house the teeth. And if they're crowded and overlapped and rotated, that means the jaws are not big enough for the teeth. That's one simple thing. The other one is if there's a mismatch, if one jaw is bigger than the other, right? Like we talked about overbite or underbite. um, That means that one jaw is small relative to the other. And most likely, that's going to mean that the nose is also going to look inappropriate. And then there's also a lot of patients that have normal bites, but both their jaws are small and mm-hmm. retreated. So if you look at the profile, yeah. for example, mm-hmm. correct. And you look at the profile and their mid face is flat. Their jaws are both behind their, their uh, uh, forehead. If you drop a line down the forehead, the forehead's in front of the jaws and the nose is going to be. Kimmy, would you like to be the example for that? I'd be like, I'm already turning. I'm turning for (laughs) y'all. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Sorry. We know how to pick pick ourselves apart. We know how to, we can do it. (laughs) Got it. But that's exactly, that's exactly what we'll look at. And if you look at rhinoplasty Mm -hmm. before and afters, as you're, Kimmy, you're showing your profile. That's a Mm -hmm. profile that tells a lot, right? Because we can see where that's, we say soft tissue glabella. That's a, this part right here. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking straight ahead and that line goes down, that line has been described. I have a textbook. I just posted a, uh, a reel about, you know, reviewing a textbook in 1914 about jaw surgery. They were, mm. they were describing that profile back then over a hundred years ago, they called it the Roman profile. So these things have been obvious to us for centuries. We know what normal profile projection should be. So mm. There you go. Yeah. Now, now you guys can see it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. My first don't, myo course. Don't give us I, another thing to unsee. <laughs> <laughs> my first myo course I took, it was like literally my freaking nightmare. Cause like, I don't like to get like picked apart, but I will do it to myself because I'm kind you of, will. that's good. But um, inside, inside is so important, but I can show you pictures on the Instagram. If, yeah. If show us pictures. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just through this point, for example. But uh, I remember the, uh, the teacher had me come up to the front and she like assessed my face and mm. I wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so I've never been more mortified in my life. Aww. And like, maybe like not the best like 
way of doing it, right? Like it could have been a little yeah. bit more subtle, but it Definitely. was very eye-opening for me because I always knew there was something weird, but there's nothing like super severe. But I'm like, oh right. yeah, like all the things that she was going through. Um, so it was cringy, but eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Now, did you volunteer for that or were you picked? No. <laughs> <sighs> I she was, was picked. She was picked for her face. <laughs> All right, show us picture. Picture time. There. Okay, oh so you can you can see the screen. Not yet. Okay, let's see. Yeah, and as share. he's as he's pulling that up, like you guys all know, Kimmy had premolars taken out. Like mm -hmm. she. We're, we're very aware. Like we all know that I have like a five millimeter airway situation. Like that's why we got into this space. So right, we're, yeah. comfor we're comfortable picking our part ourselves now. And like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. These oh. are amazing. If you're listening okay. right now, like just like maybe pull over and pull up Dr. Alfie's Instagram. And if you're watching, you already can see what we're seeing. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'll just start from the top. Um, this young man, one of my favorite before and afters, but you can look here at the bad airway and look mm -hmm. at that line. This there's a line in the background that kind of is where I want it to be for this demonstration, right mm -hmm. on his soft tissue. And you could see his upper lip comes to it, but his upper teeth are behind. So actually his even his upper jaw is behind. But wow. more obvious, he has an overbite, right? And his lower jaw is way behind his upper jaw. So the, even though his upper teeth are behind that line, his lower jaw is even weaker and you can see where that chin is. So there's no question. I see someone like this. I know they have an airway problem for sure. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is I'm going to bring both his teeth on that line when I'm planning these cases. And that opens up his airway significantly. So you can see how much healthier his eyes are before and after. Um, mm -hmm. But also it becomes very aesthetic. And one thing I always say is, I always target fixing function because a healthy person is usually looks appropriate and is aesthetically pleasing. So I always say form follows function, function follows form. And usually when we I make someone that. healthier, they're going to look a lot better. Um, so that's, that's my philosophy on treatment planning. Um, but you can see, for example, obviously this is a patient um, who had a tremendous jaw deformity, low very retreated, retracted lower jaw. And we brought her forward a significant amount, actually three and a half centimeters. Wow. Wow. And so she centimeters. looks so long. Yeah, 35 millimeters wow. at her chin point, which is probably one of the largest moves I've done. And these yeah. are things that you couldn't even do with distraction osteogenesis, but with custom stuff, we can do these things wow. uh, and, and let it be stable. And then here, again, you look at this line on this gentleman here, his upper jaw is way behind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you bring that forward. It changes the nose. It changes the cheeks. Let's they go look down like one different more. Different people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they unlock their true potential, which is the funnest part of it. But this one's a great example. If you look here, you guys can see my mouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you look here. I want you to pay attention to this nose, for example. Right. This is a nose that a lot of people would seek rhinoplasty for. If you look at rhinoplasty pages, for example you would see that the nose has poor support, it's slanted down. And that's really just because his upper jaw was behind. And we bring that forward, give him a nice profile, and the nose looks completely different. And then you go through all these, and it's true. Look at her nose as we fix the asymmetry here, uh, but also brought her forward to open up that airway and look at the nose completely change like she had a rhinoplasty. 
Wow. And same here, same here. All these, none of these are rhinoplasties. These are just putting the jaws in the right place. Look at, look at this nose compared to here, for example. Wow. Um, and same here. Look how inappropriately large this nose looked like compared to after. This is just jaw surgery for for airway. Wow, it's it's insane because it's like, you know, those like commercials you get on your phone when you're playing a game, and it's like the this weight loss drug will make you look like this person to this person, you can tell they're like, obviously right. different people. That's almost right. what this looks like. It's <laughs> a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like here, look at this nose, for example. Yeah. Before and after. These are just, these are all normal noses, but deficient jaws and we bring those jaws forward and it helps everyone. And I think that once people start seeing this, they're mm-hmm. going to recognize that jaw surgery is actually going to be much more transformative mm-hmm. well just can... the recovery time that you're talking about compared to like you know what the recovery time used to be I think is a huge factor within this right like yeah that's crazy. been a lot of definitely and that's been a lot of fun for us too because mm-hmm. I used to love you know I fell in love with this surgery when I was a resident at Columbia University and we were doing six to eight hour surgeries and recovery was two nights in the hospital. A lot of times the wired shut and they, you know, these patients look like balloons. It was a really so tough, yeah, so puffy, tough recovery. And the transformations were still so rewarding that, you know, I fell in love with it. But now instead of eight hours, I can do as little as an hour. Um, the other week I did a double John 48 minutes, for example, this is not rushing. This wow. is just, this is just using these new techniques and, and protocols all incisions inside the mouth. There's no drains. You know, it takes, in the traditional way, it'll take a surgeon longer just to prepare the patient because to prepare mm-hmm. a patient for a long surgery, for example, you're going to put a Foley catheter in. So you have to put a, mm-hmm. a urinary catheter in. You're going to sometimes put an arterial line. You're going to, some surgeons tape the eyelids shut. They put a wire in the forehead to measure things. By the time they set the patient up for surgery, it takes about an hour. I'm done in and sometimes under an hour. So before we, most surgeons even prepare for a case in the traditional sense, we can finish the entire surgery, avoid all those things that nobody wants as a patient. So the experience is so much better. And then the recovery from one hour of stretching the lips versus eight hours, obviously is going to make a huge, huge impact. And for example, earlier in the week, when I did a 48 minute double jaw, that patient went home the same day didn't even keep her overnight. So wow. um, yeah, it, it's been, it's been awesome. Better for the patient, better for the surgeon, better for the staff They're really, and, and the family. It's been mm-hmm. a tremendous impact all the way around. What's the recovery like once they're home, right? Because like, you know, they used to be wired shut. They couldn't open more than like one finger for this many weeks and then right. two fingers. And then, right. Like what's it, what are the recovery protocols like now? Yeah, so for most of my patients, most of them stay one night in the hospital and uh, they're comfortable leaving the next morning after I check on them. The first week I always say is difficult and they can open their mouth, they can eat, I ask them not to chew. Most people, believe it or not, their pain levels are two to three. It's wow. not really pain, it's just swelling and wow. just, you know, the feeling of being operated on, but nothing like what we're used to traditionally or what you see. Um, a lot of our patients, by the time I see them one week out, they, they look less swollen than my wisdom teeth, traditional wisdom teeth patients wow. will look, believe it, believe it or not. So not as dramatic, but the first week is the toughest for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And then after one week, swelling goes down really quickly for most patients. Most of the patients start to come off pain medicine or are just on Tylenol, ibuprofen. And after two weeks, most of the patients are back at work and feel pretty good and functional. Obviously, there is um, some variability in that. Right. But you know, for the, I, I do over 100 of these a year, and I would say that 90% of them meet that timeline. Wow. Wow. Well, and that's, that's so interesting too, because so like one of the biggest pieces that was the struggle for like some of my jaw surgery patients in the past and, you know, Sandy's episode you guys have listened to before was the, like the mental recovery part of not being able to like eat or chew. She didn't Mm -hmm. realize was going to be so hard for her. And so giving the patients this opportunity to like that mental health recovery from it too, I think is huge. is in a huge factor in healing too. Yeah, definitely is. And one thing that I've introduced over the last year is we hired a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really helped a lot because uh, Yvette, our nutritionist, has been able to sit with the patients before surgery and come up with a customized plan so that they're getting foods that they are happy eating with enough nutritional uh, support. And that's made it a lot easier of an experience uh, for our patients. A lot of times now, I usually let them go back to a soft chew diet after two months. So the first two months they can open and eat, but it's more mashed puree. It's not strictly liquid. And then after two months we go up to, I say anything as hard as a Shake Shack burger Mm -hmm. or less. And then after three months uh, back to normal, but a lot of the patients Mm -hmm. are comfortable enough with the plan from the nutritionist that they're when I see them at two months and release them for the Shake Shack burger, they're in no hurry. They say, oh, well, I can wait a little longer. So that, that's made it a lot better. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Can we see some more of these? These are yeah. like, addic- these are addicting. These are I so know. good. More, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just unbelievable. And it's so, cool when you look at these is look at the eyes. Yeah. That's and what I was just You guys probably appreciate this from airway, but all the, every one of them, their eyes just brighten up after mm-hmm. surgeries because they're breathing and they're oxygenated. Mm-hmm. I mean, look here. Yeah. Just... The eyes have been what I've been drawn to the mm-hmm. most. So if they are also a patient who needs a tongue tie surgery, where do you, is it, it's probably patient specific, but where do you work that into your plans? Yeah, it's a great question. And we've been working with our myofunctional therapist to, you know, come up with protocols for this. Um, it's, it's individual, but for most cases, we recommend six months after jaw surgery. Mm-hmm. The reason for that being one, that you guys have to work with the patient after the tongue tie release so that it doesn't scar back up and they have good, uh, you know, they need to move that tongue and and work at it right Mm -hmm. after the procedure. And it's hard to do that in the first several months Mm -hmm. uh, after jaw surgery, just from a comfort level and opening your mouth and all that. And then doing it before for most patients doesn't make a lot of sense because they just have such limited airways that even if you release it, you may even make that tongue space worse. Um, if they have the housing, you know, that garage for that tongue is small and then, and then you release it, you're not really giving them an optimal chance to, to function. So we've come up using those, you know, fundamentals to, to stage it for after jaw surgery if they need it. Now there are some where we say, you know, they'll benefit beforehand, but knowing that it may be a staged 
thing where you get some relief before we're going to do jaw surgery. And then once you have a new home, you may decide to do it again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Cause I was always curious, like, does the tongue tie and that, like, you know, all that tightness underneath, does it impact your ability, like your ability to like do the surgery? Um, but it sounds like no, 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 not so much the ability to do the surgery at all, but I think more the ability to rehab from your end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes total, total sense. Oh, that is just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you make it's it sound a lot less, you just make it sound a lot less scary than it's been for like, it, and it has become, that's become yeah. the truth. I've been doing it. Uh, it's fun. I could talk about this all day. I don't know how much time you guys have. <laughs> for me, it's well, you probably do talk about it all day with all your patients. <laughs> <I right>? do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, what would be kind of like if somebody was curious or if somebody was told that they need a jaw surgery, like how would they find you? How would they get in touch? Like what would be the best way to, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you follow on Instagram, you can DM me. It'll, it'll be me. I'll, I'll look at it and we'll help you get in here um, go through my website or call our office and just make an appointment. You don't need a referral. Uh, to come in here. I like quarterbacking patients. So even if you don't have an orthodontist or my functional therapist yet, um, I love to be the quarterback and we get patients from all over the country. Um, and, you know, just like I made this connection with y'all now I have people in Portland and in, in Florence mm-hmm. <laughs> at the moment. Um, I'm everywhere. Yeah, I'm everywhere. everywhere. Kimmy, Kimmy will yeah. be wherever the patient is. But yeah, I think that for anybody that thinks you're a candidate, I always say this, if you think you're a candidate for jaw surgery, most likely you're a candidate for jaw surgery. So just reach out and or I'll be happy to see you and quarterback that care. Mm-hmm. And what is your website and what's your um, practice's name? It's Alfie Oral Surgery and the website is alfieoralsurgery.com. And if you go to my Instagram, dr.davidalfie, uh, there's a link tree with, with all the avenues. To reach out and contact. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing and also sprinkling some hope in because sometimes you hear the dreaded you need jaw surgery and it's like, man, that's the last thing I'm going to do if I can help mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. And I, I think that a lot of myths out there about how horrible it is, it's not true anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's about possibility, right? That's the theme of your your show today so That's there right. you go That's the possibilities right. are there so that might agree awesome mm-hmm. i love it well thank you again so much um and thank you for all that you are doing um for all these patients who just need to breathe and sleep better and just the lives that you are yeah. changing you guys just as well. so cool so so cool yeah, so thank you i appreciate you guys and supporting the mission yeah absolutely um, absolutely yeah, it's awesome so, of course, you guys, you heard where to find uh, Dr. Alfie on Instagram and his website. We'll link that into the episode. You can find Kimmy and I at the Munch Bunch podcast. You can find us individually. You can find Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory, and you can find me at NWMFT. And of course, as you guys know, uh, you can find us in the Dominican Republic for our burnout retreat on November 9th through 12th. So if you're interested in joining us for that, 
uh, we have got some magic up our sleeves. So thank you again, Dr. Alfie, for taking time out of your surgery. Thank segment. you. That's I'm going to mark that on my calendar. That sounds like fun. <laughs> we'll send you the invite. <laughs> All, right. All right, you guys, and we will catch you for our next Munchy Monday. We hope to see you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Good night, everyone. We have a special offer for our Munch Bunch listeners. To book a virtual consult with Megan, she's offering a discount of $25 off. Just email her, Megan, at nwmyofunctionaltherapy.com or through her website, www.orofacial-myology.com. To book a virtual consult with Kimmy for the $25 off, email her mouthmusclememory@outlook.com or through the website, www.mouthmusclememory.com. 